today on CityCast Denver. Ever since Lower Downtown became Lodo, it's been a nightclub hotspot. And with nightclubs often comes um, illicit activities. Like when I'd go clubbing in the early 2000s, it was the Wild West down there. People would be partying, buying drugs, getting into fights, and sometimes the cops would be trying to shut it down. I guess not much has changed for Lodo because this past summer, police raided one of Lodo's most famous nightclubs, Beta. But what's the root of the problem here? Is it the drugs? The violence? Or is it the self-proclaimed made man at the center of it all? Beta's owner, Valentes Corleones. When you become made man very much, if somebody kill you, they'll kill all your family, your whole generation. I'm very protected back home. That's how made man is. Today is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Well, Connor McCormick Cavanaugh, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Yeah, thanks for having me. Westward reporter Connor McCormick Cavanaugh has been covering the beta saga all year. And after seeing some of his tweets from court hearings and seeing the things that beta's owner Valentes Corleones was saying on the record, I was like, we got to talk to Connor. My producer Paul Caroli went one step further and said, we got to talk to Valentes. So in addition to hearing Connor from Westward break this whole case down, you're going to hear some clips from Paul's conversation with Valentes too. So, Connor, you've been reporting on the situation with Beta and the nightlife scene in Lodo and the police's involvement. And there's this fascinating person at the center of this whole story, Valentes Corleones. Um, who is Valentes Corleones? Valentes Corleones is 53 years old. He says that he's from Palermo, Italy, originally, which is Sicily. So, so I born in Sicily, Palermo, and... You know, my, everybody in Belarmo and the Mafia, I mean, I'm sure you know that in Italy, Sicily, well known. You know, all my family's uncle back home in the Mafia, all got, you know, Castellano, all that. And he is of Lebanese descent. His real name is Hussein Cayeli, which is definitely a Lebanese name and not an Italian name. I was as a Muslim. My father, Middle Eastern, he's Muslim. My mom's Sicilian, you know, Christian, believe Jesus, you know how in Italy they are. And he says that he came to the U.S., I want to say around 25 years ago, 20 years ago. And then he eventually settled in the Denver area. I, when I came to this country, I worked for Winchell's Donuts for, for many years, making donuts and work in a Safeway meat department make $4 an hour. My paycheck used to be $600. That's how I started. And he got into auto sales and the auto industry. And then after a while, he, I think he was a, a fan of clubbing and he slowly moved into the, the clubbing world. And, but yeah, he, he bought Beta completely over the last few years. And He's now the, the owner of the nightclub. I did not go sell drugs to get money. I did not kill anybody to take money. Nothing been handed to me. I earned it. 
wild. What was interesting to me in, in reading about him was Beta for a good decade was this world-renowned EDM club. I mean, it was known as a place to see really amazing top-level DJs. The sound system was incredible. But in the last couple of years, it became a kind of switched genres into a hip-hop club. And I'm assuming that came with Valente's takeover of, of Beta. So Beta was owned by Mike McRae and Brad Rulier. And in late 2018, they shut down. They were also looking for an injection of capital and they needed a partner to come on. So they partnered with Valentes. And then the plan was to reopen the club later in 2019. They did. They had kind of a soft opening in October 2019. And then in early March 2020, kind of just as we, we were really starting to worry about COVID, Valenti's bought out or agreed to buy out Brad and Mike. Now, Brad and Mike will tell you that Valenti still hasn't paid them for, for that sale. Mm. But anyway, they had this agreement to to sell the club to him completely. So Valenti's in kind of on, on paper becomes the, the, the owner. And then he's trying to manage it through the, the early months of the pandemic. And so he's dealing with COVID restrictions. He's wanting to switch to hip hop. And so he moves to hip hop as the main genre that they play. Eventually as, as kind of things got, um, the things got better with COVID. They're now worse right. again, obviously. But as things got better, he was able to reopen it and turn it into a full club. And um, it, it still sounds like it's a it's a fairly popular club, just maybe with with a different crowd, different clientele. I love this country in America, and I love everybody in it. Like I can describe to you, as much I love white people, I love black people, I love Latino. And God witness on that. I don't discriminate. I love everybody. When did the trouble with police start? Fast forward to midway through 2021. There's been over the in the spring and the summer, there's issues with violence in Lodo late at night, especially on weekends. Just fights, shootings, kind of some some really serious violence that takes place right around when clubs are letting out usually, so around 1.45, 2, 2.15 a.m. Sure. And the police starts to see some issues with beta, potentially. They discover unlicensed security guards working there. They're seeing a lot of gang members showing up to hang out at the club. Some they know are gang members because they have experience as cops and they know, hey, this person's a gang member. Other ones are wearing denim jackets that apparently say Park Hill Blood on the back of it. So that's that's pretty easy to spot. <laughs> so and these gang members, according to testimony from cops, are coming to Beta essentially to like flex on each other and flex on people to, to get into fights, to start beef with rival gangs, with other folks. And so a lot of fights are starting to erupt at Beta, according to police testimony. And so then the DPD sends in 
two undercover cops in June of 2021. A beautiful blonde. I saw her in court. Her name's Spencer. She's like 5'10". What you see in a runway model. She walked to the club with another officer, and he has gone too. And immediately, after just a few minutes of being there, they try and score some coke. You got a beautiful blonde asking for cocaine, okay? What the guy's going to do? Kind of <laughs> like the thing that you would imagine a narc to do. Just, <laughs> it's completely... I'm inquiring about some cocaine. <laughs> 30 minutes, you say, I got you some coke. Let's go to the bathroom. He goes to the woman's bathroom, and he puts some on her key. It sounds like the guy who was giving them the cocaine wanted them to kind of just take a little bit on the spot, what's known as a key bump on the spot. And they were like, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. It's, it's too public. But obviously they couldn't do that because they're cops. They're <laughs> they can't cops, do cocaine right. on the job. And so then they tested that later and it came back positive as cocaine. So it was cocaine. They go back another Friday in June and they do the same thing. Dancing on the, on the dance floor, get into the VIP area, ask about cocaine. Some guy who sounds like he was pretty skeptical of them eventually agrees to score them some cocaine, takes them downstairs. They're in the basement area where there are bathrooms. And she said, no, I don't want to do it. And she leaves. She said, I want to leave. She put it in a bag, little tiny bit, and send it to the lab test. And it came back baby powder. So it is actually a felony to, to deal imitation cocaine, which I didn't know. And it's obviously a felony to deal cocaine. So you have a myriad of different offenses that the city's starting to pull together. And then eventually, in August, they file what's known as a, a show cause order. And that's essentially the city saying, hey, all these violations have taken place on your property or by you, the venue, you need to show us why we shouldn't take away your liquor license. And if a club loses its liquor license, it's, it's kind of like the, the death penalty for, for a club. Like they're totally screwed. I have eight attorneys and emotionally they're upset how the city treated me. I give hundreds of people, employees who depend on me, girls have kids, families, and you want to destroy me because undercover went in, you send a beautiful model girl, and a guy give her a little a bomb in a bathroom, you want to destroy me? And um, I, I'm really wondering if, if he's going to be able to get a liquor license ever again in Denver, just given how much the city clearly does not like this guy as an operator. I know that you've talked to Valentes. Um, what is he saying about all of this? So Valentes is saying that the city is essentially railroading him. He's saying that the city doesn't like his clientele and that it's largely African-American and that that's why they're going after him. The city rejects those claims. I mean, do you hear about the violence increasing everywhere in the United States? Tell me one day we wake up, two officers got shot, three people got shot, and in every location, 
I mean, they telling you by train station how many people got shot, 15 in market, 14. Every day there is a shooting. And why it's only my fault? I'm not the only club downtown. But Valenti says that he's just trying to, you know, show people a good time at his clubs and that he really wants a second chance from the city. He said, look, the, the cocaine, the fake cocaine stuff, like, that's, that's not my fault. I, I, didn't, I wasn't dealing cocaine. He, he constantly tells me, he's like, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. Why should I get in trouble for somebody scoring some cocaine on, on, at my venue? You can go to any venue and the same thing will happen. Yeah. Which I think is a fair point. And then he also says just that the city is kind of exaggerating things, or he says outright fabricating claims that, uh, about Beta. But he's really saying, hey, the city is just railroading me. I'm a friend with Hancock. I support his campaign. I spent 50000 donate this campaign. I support the governor, Polis. His whole campaign, I bid for it. I have videos. I was with all his campaign before he became governor. I support the chief, Paul. That's, that's Chief Paul Pazin? Yeah. Nobody wants to meet and help me because they're all teaming up. They say we had this motherfucker. Just bury him. Shut him down. He talked too much. Denver, I'm a man of my community. I'm not going to stop talking. And I'm not scared, man, to go to jail. You can't put me in jail. I'm clean, my money clean, and I'm not threatening anybody. Well, okay, Valentes, because you just you just said something that I has kind of um, captured a lot of people's attention. You know, you just told me, you know, you're clean, your money's clean. But also in the hearing, you said that you were a made man. And you told me earlier that you were <clears throat> part of the Sicilian mafia. Um, tell, tell me about that. What do you, like my understanding of the mafia is that's a criminal organization. They do a lot. Not, of not all. It's yeah. like I can't sit and tell you all Jewish has big nose. I can't say all black people criminal. I cannot say all white people racist. Correct. You cannot say all mobster are criminal and organized crime because mafia is different. <laughs> I wanted to ask you real quick because. Uh, Valentes has said some really interesting things on the record as well as <laughs> what um, has he said? Your, <laughs> your live your live tweeting of the of the court bananas case, yeah. which was wild. But he he said that he was a made man in the mafia. Um, do you think he's actually in the mafia? Um, I you know I wish there was a kind of public information officer for the Sicilian mafia. If there was. I would have reached out to them for comment. <laughs> but Valenti says he's a made man. Um, I kind of let readers do their own judgment about that, and, and they can figure out um, whether to believe him or not. Do you think that the situation with Beta has larger implications for sort of the nightlife scene in Denver? People that I've talked to have said that you know, for, for for decades, if you if you run a if you run a good establishment, you'll be in the good graces of the city. If you run a sloppy establishment where a lot of kind of sketchy things are happening or violations are happening, yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna get on the bad side of the city. But I do think that 
I don't know. The city's got to figure out the Lodo situation, especially like late at night at let out time. It's just, it sounds like it, it, it's, it's kind of dangerous. And early on when I started with Westward, I was writing an article about a block of Market Street where there are a bunch of clubs. And so I went and I staked out at like 1 a.m. and I, I hung out there until 3 a.m. And then I wrote an article about it, but I was going through the archives of Westward when I wrote the article about it. And we've unfortunately written a lot of stories about especially young people getting shot and killed or paralyzed and in Lodo. And it's just, it's just a story that's, that's really old and, and recurrent. And so, yeah, this is, this is kind of the same old with this area. Yeah, that's not, again, it's a tale as old as nightclub time. Yes, it's classic nightclub <laughs> behavior. Well, Connor, thank you so much. This has been fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's a pleasure. Glad to talk about it. In case you're wondering what the future holds for Beta Nightclub and its mysterious owner, Valentes Corleones, the executive director of Excise and Licenses will review the case and decide once and for all if Beta gets to keep its liquor license. It's still unclear when that could happen, but the club's still popping off Wednesday through Sundays, and we'll keep you updated. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. On Monday, Denver City Council voted 8-3 to to ban flavored tobacco products. According to Denverite, the ban, which goes into effect in July of 2023, includes flavored cigarettes, even menthols, chewing tobacco, and vape liquids. Mayor Hancock gets the final say on whether to pass or veto the ordinance. My question is, does the sponsor of this ban, Councilwoman Sawyer, know that you can still buy these products if you just drive to Glendale or Inglewood or Lakewood? Edgewater, Commerce City, Aurora, Westminster, Northland, Thornton, Louisville, Lafayette, Brighton, Lock Bowie. Okay, is that all? Oh, pff, credits. Might want to do those. Okay. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. And, and I, I like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not leaving. I'm going to sit here and fight to the end. And you know what? I want to sit here and run for a mayor next year. <laughs>